it's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to Gold Faithful, your San Francisco 49ers radio show. Probably the only show you are going to be listening to from here on out. Or it should be. Maybe not the only one because there's other good shows out there. If you have a podcast list, it'll probably this be at the top. This is just going to be right. on the top of your list. For that sure. voice you hear right there is Nick Winkler at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. That's me. A co-worker of mine. Right. And I would like to consider him a very close friend now. We do have another show called Leading the League, which is a fantasy baseball yeah. show. So we've got a little bit of rapport going here. Also, we played a softball game together last night. We played one night. softball, and we both, <laughs> we both got thrown out at home plate right. in the same game. We both ate it. I, I fell in the outfield. You fell at home plate. Just too, that's just a extra hustle on our part. Sure, I sure. Think you impressed me quite a bit by your skills, by the way. I hadn't I, ran in a long time, so it was hard to stop I once I got playing. going. But this show's about football. Yes, yeah, 49ers football, too. The 49ers. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about the 49ers. Obviously, uh, camp opens August 1st. From today, also, I don't know if you knew this, 49 days until the Come start on. of the NFL no, season. No, I know. It's it. perfect, right? Wow. So, okay. Yeah. And uh, obviously... Um, they go to camp August 1st, two weeks later. Yes. The, the Niners open up preseason at Houston. At Houston Texans on the 15th. I believe we get we have NFL football on August 9th. That's, it's nonsense. It's so crazy. close. I get so excited. I just start jumping around. <laughs> I was literally jumping. Training camp August 1st. Uh, and in 49ers camp, there's going to be a lot of new faces. We're going to be talking yeah. about that. New faces. Guys lost. We're going to we talk about a lot of players, a lot of yeah. coaches, a lot of everything. A lot of moves. Maybe, some, gonna... maybe a lot of fans kind of jump ship. I, I hope not. It, well, no, you know what? If they want to some... jump ship, that's fine. Yeah. Those aren't real fans. Those aren't the people that are going to be listening to the Gold Faithful podcast that's anyways. True. That's true. Because I bleed scarlet and gold. Like I just yeah. have my very first memory of sports is sitting on my dad's lap. Watching the Super Bowl, Joe Montana, John Taylor, back of the end zone. My yeah. dad yelling, we won, we won. I am right there with you, man. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's why we call the show Gold Faithful yeah. for those 49ers faithful. So welcome and thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get right to it. Actually, we have a really special guest yes. today. Let's not beat around the bush here. Let's do it. All right. Here with us now, fresh off his Comcast Sports Talk Live appearance, talking about Bay Area Sports Talk legend, Dan Dibley. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, I hope you saved some bullets for us coming off of that CSN Bay Area TV appearance. You know, I got so many bullets, Peacock. I'm wearing one of those uh, vests. What is it, a bandolero when you got the bullets you go. going double, double cross across your chest? That's what I got rolling when it comes to sports talk. <laughs> I'm surprised you could find one that matched your camel suit. Ah, thank sharp, you for noticing. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, with the beige bullets tonight. Beige, you know, it is midsummer, so if you can't go with the desert look in mid July, then you can't go with it at all. That's absolutely right. Okay, let's get into the 49ers stuff. Uh, I, the first thing I want to ask you: Are you buying the doom and gloom stuff that's kind of in the national media, and, and a lot of fans are really really down on what happened this offseason with the 49ers? Are, are you buying into the doom and gloom? Well, I, by buying into it, you're asking me if I think that they're going to have a worse one-loss record than they did a year ago at 8-8, eight and eight. and so yes, I, I guess I am buying into the doom and gloom. The coaching staff isn't as good, isn't as established as the previous collection of coaches. The roster took some major hits, not only on the field, but from a leadership standpoint as well. And I think you look at those two things combined with a schedule that Quite frankly, guys, it's pretty brutal for this 49er team. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think you can do anything other than look at it as 
a growth and development year and, and having maybe six and ten be a likely likely scenario. Six and ten, okay. Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the brutal schedule and yeah, I mean week one they, they do get to open up on Monday night at home against the Vikings, but then it's at Pittsburgh, at Arizona, and, and then they finally get another home game and it's Green Bay. I mean, do they win any of those games? Maybe the Vikings, right? Well, a lot of people have been making that feel like a must-win, and I don't believe that a week one game (laughs) can be a must-win, but you look at that opening four, and I like to look at NFL schedules in those four-game groupings, and that's a tough four-game grouping. You know, you have to go back east, and that's a a 10 o'clock Pacific time game, and you know historically West Coast teams don't fare very well going to a a 1-15 start back east, so that the Minnesota game is going to be a big one. You're going to face a brand-new Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. AD fresh. 2.0, we'll call him. Not only fresh, but motivated to put all sure. of that all of that off-season scandal, the much-deserved scandal and the horrific details of what took place in his personal life. But he and the, and the Vikings now putting that behind him, going forward with a new deal. He's going to come out running hard against the 49er defense that, let's be honest, is depleted in that right. front seven. You lose Cowboy, you lose Patrick Willis, you lose his replacement in Chris Borland, and now you've got the greatest running back in the game, maybe the greatest running back in the past 10 or 15 years, coming fresh at you. That's a tough way to open. And then you know, the trip to New York, and then you've got Green Bay, and, of course, a division game in there as well. It's going to be difficult early. Yeah, most definitely. And that you know that Week 2 game also after playing the Vikings is going to be on a short week because they open up Monday night. It's it's definitely looking like a brutal start to the season here for the 49ers. And it's already a difficult road when you're playing in the NFC West right. as it is that seems to be continually getting stronger as the 49ers might be getting a little bit weaker. Yeah, and if you look at the road schedule, I believe they go to Pittsburgh and then they turn yes. around a couple weeks later and then they go to New York. Right. And don't, don't sleep on the December double dip. I feel like I'm going Dick Vitale on you right now. Oh, it's the December double, baby. I believe they have Cleveland and Chicago yep. back-to-back weeks. So unless Harbaugh can hook him up with his Youngstown connection, that's going to be a lot of miles in the air, guys. Most definitely. Hey, you talked about, or we mentioned some bad off-season moves. They lost a lot of guys to retirement. What, what do you see as the biggest off-season loss for the 49ers? I don't think enough people are giving credence to, to two moves. First, the most obvious one, Frank Gore. You're asking Carlos Hyde to, to fill some pretty big shoes. And granted, he looks terrific. He's a great young running back. But is Carlos Hyde going to be able to give you 1,210 touchdowns? Is it going to be 850 and six touchdowns? You know, you're asking a lot yeah. out of the young man. Is the committee going to be enough with Kendall Hunter? And Reggie Bush, are they going to be able to be physical enough as a backfield to really do what Frank Gore did? And by the way, uh, number 21 might be the best ever blitz picker-upper. Right, I don't know if pass that, protector. You know, That's exactly what I was just going to bring picker up. Upper is Especially, like, uh, the quicker picker-upper. You know, not only do you more at the blitz pickup. Yeah, not only do you lose Gore as a blitz pickup, but you also lost Iupati and Davis on that offensive line. So that it's going to be oh, a long season for Kaepernick, I believe. Yeah, and the second player that they lost, and we can talk about Willis and Borland until the cows come home, but they lost a Pro Bowl punter in Andy Lee. Sure. And I don't think enough people talk about the value of a punter, especially with the Fangio defense, where they're going to really squeeze you down. They're going to be able to run the ball at you with Frank Gore. And field position-wise, you're going to be set up with Andy Lee. Well, you've got a brand-new kicker coming. You've got a new defense and a running game that's going to be questionable. 
It's going to be a lot of pressure on that young punter with his back toward his own goal line a lot more often than it has been. You know, unless Kaepernick comes out and goes full-on Kurt Warner 2.0, it seems to be punting a lot, and that's a lot of pressure on a young punter. The, I'm glad you brought up the punter because he was the longest-tenured 49er right. left. Is, is Do you think Trent Baalke's just like, you know what, screw it, this is my squad, I don't want huh. anything left of that regime. This is and it's just the stamp. This is the York Baalke squad. Well, at some point, you, you have to let go of your high price specialists as they reach the, the free agency point. You can't keep everyone. So Andy Lee, I think, is a guy who you could see them parting ways with as he goes out and gets higher dollar. But there's always that couple of year lull when you bring in a new specialist, whether it's a place kicker or whether it's the punter. And, you know, their place kickers get a little long in the tooth, sure, too. Right. So they got to think about what the move is there. Culture-wise, I don't think Trent Baalke intentionally got rid of Andy Lee to get more of, quote, his guys in there, but certainly they're undergoing a culture change in Santa Clara. And with the punter, it's not just having a big leg. You've got to, you're going to be a holder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to kick under pressure. Oh, and Dibs mentioned it, back up against the end zone. Probably going to be quite a bit right. of that. Hey, uh, so we're talking bad off-season moves, or at least, you know, guys lost. Do you like any of the moves that the Niners uh, brought in? I mean, do you like any of these new guys? Well, I like Reggie Bush. I think he's a piece who can be a big factor for them, not only on third down, which is a time where they really have struggled, you know, without having Kendall Hunter at full strength. You know, he was out for almost the whole year. Right. You get a guy now who can come in on third down and, and maybe catch it. You can line him up in the slot. I'd like to see the offense become much more dynamic. You know, last year I think Greg Roman got rightly criticized for being a little too methodical and not using – Colin Kaepernick's strengths. I think Reggie Bush is the kind of player who can make dynamic plays and in the passing game out of the slot. And maybe as a second running back in, in a power eye in the backfield with Kaepernick maybe running some read option, I think he can be a really good piece for them. I'm with you, Dibs. Just, just adding some of that explosive ability with Bush in the backfield and Torrey Smith on the outside, that's just something that's been obviously a glaring need on this team for not just 2014, but from before that. Right. So I... Third down or not third down, just more team speed on offense is something. And from Chris' history as an offensive coordinator when he was one, um, he throws the ball more than he runs it. So you know what we'll, I want to see, see open it up. a lot more of that. I just I feel like I didn't see it all last season. You know, watching the 49ers constantly is the screen pass. You know, it used to be a huge part of the 49er offense, and I feel like Roman really got away from that. And you're right. I think that Reggie Bush and a fully healthy. Kendall Hunter will we'll definitely see a lot more of that, if, if nothing else, to keep the, the defensive line honest. And I think a lot of that's going to be predicated on the effectiveness of Carlos Hyde in the run game, because if you don't have a legitimate run threat, sure. especially up the middle, then the defense isn't going to have to sell out to come out and get you. Colin Kaepernick has to be a part of that as well. If they allow him to utilize his legs and they keep the front seven honest, then maybe you can get into situations where you can run the screen game more effectively. I want to double back a little bit about some of those losses you talked about, Justin Smith and, and some of the guys they brought in on defense. Do you think just with the numbers game, because they have a first-round pick in Eric Armstead, they got Tink Carradine, who's on mm -hmm. year three, which is actually kind of year two, because he had that redshirt year in his first year. Darnell Dockett, do you see any possibility that the 49ers on defense could remain as strong as they were with a, a one-armed Justin Smith and a Patrick Willis, who was, was hurt a lot in the last couple seasons anyway? I think it's going to all come down to the effectiveness of the rotation. Glenn Dorsey is going to have to take a step up to be a real reliable 
front three guy. I don't think you can expect anything from Eric Armstead until the second half of the year. You know, he missed a lot of the early off-season workouts, so he's a little bit behind, and already he's been called a project. Right. I saw the kid in high school uh, up at Pleasant Grove doing some high school games, and he was a monster. You saw what he did in Oregon. He was very effective. I think he's going to end up being a good player. Tank Carradine, Quentin Dial, can they take the step to that next level, not the elite level that Cowboy played at, and you can deride him for playing on one arm, et cetera, et cetera, but he was still a highly effective player, sure. and his loss his loss on the field leaves a huge void, but what he leaves in the locker room, just as a silent leader, knowing that Cowboy is on the other side of the room, what did he do for Alden Smith, and what did right. he do for some of the other young defensive players from a role model standpoint that they just won't have anymore? I, I agree wholeheartedly with Justin Smith. A 100% healthy and a little bit younger Justin Smith, I would have said hands down, would have been the biggest loss to yeah. that team in the offseason because he, he made everything go on that defense when they were at the top of their game. I think still the biggest loss is, is Patrick Willis, even though – Chris Bolin is a guy that's devastating because he's just starting to come into his peak years. And, you know, Patrick Willis is probably at the start of the downside of his career. Still, the intelligence, the, the linebacker IQ, the LBIQ, that could be a new uh, metric for you uh, analytics people. <laughs> but it, it, it's off the chart. So even though he wasn't as effective, you know, he had the foot problems going side to side, he still, as a captain of your defense, was incredible. And, now you got to wonder who gets the sticker on the helmet this year, and, and what does that do for the defense as far as you know getting new signals in from a new coordinator to a new guy receiving that info. And with Willis, what was so impressive about he was unselfish, and nobody took on a block like Patrick Willis right. either. He Bowman is going to miss Willis oh, almost yeah. as much as he misses Justin Smith because he took on so many blocks so mm-hmm. Navarro Bowman could go make the tackle. And I think the big question mark now is around Alden Smith. You know, as he goes into his free agency year, what kind of numbers does he have? And it, that gets us back to, you know, Dial and Carradine and, and Armstead and Dorsey. How much can those guys help Alden Smith? Because right now, if you're playing the Niners, you're going to send at least one lineman at Smith and chip him with the running back, or you're just going to outright double-team him and yeah, take him out not? of the game plan for the Niners. Sure, and, and yeah, Dockett's not going to do a whole lot. I mean, I, I like the addition of Dockett, of course, especially with the loss of Smith, but yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be quite a long season there for that defense. I like Dockett as well, but anytime you have an ACL and you're coming back from that, as you know, I, I never was a defensive lineman, but I know what it took <laughs> me to come back from a, an ACL tear just to be able to hit a six iron again. So it's going to be tough, you know, and you don't know how effective he's going to be for that defense. Well, did, did you play a little football growing up, Dibs? Um, I played some flag football as a third grader and found myself highly ineffective and thought tennis is probably there we go. <laughs> you slot wide receiver, scat back. What what kind of game did you have? Uh, no speed, no hands, mm-hmm. no ability to get open. No size? Uh, <laughs> no size? You couldn't stick you on the line or anything? <laughs> no size, no strength. I mean, you all have right. to go all the way down to the IQ portion to really find something in which I right. shone. You're very high on the IQ yeah. and heart. <laughs> exactly. I could see the play. I just couldn't make it. There we go. <laughs> very nice. Hey, Dibs, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, we really appreciate it, man. Guys, you're the best. Oh, man. Awesome. Always great to talk to Dibs. Yeah, no doubt about that. Hopefully we can get him on again later in the season. That guy just, he's fun to talk to, yeah. if nothing else. Let's get him back on the horn to see if we can be a, a monthly part of our show, maybe. Something I love like it. that reoccurring guest. Let's talk a little bit more about the guys that are lost, because we mentioned it briefly, talking to Dibs, you know, a few key losses, obviously. Um, retired. 
Four guys retired. One may be coming back talking about Anthony Davis. He yeah. said he's just going to take a year <laughs> off. Yeah, a year or so. Yeah, I, or so. Like, let me ask you this. How many GMs and coaches around the league are super excited to bring back a guy who's like, oh, I'm just going to quit for a while. Maybe I'll come back. Right. You're not dying to have that kind of a person on your roster. Well, that and how many mid-20-year-olds do you know that are like, I'm just going to take a year off. And it's how young fine. was he when he entered the league? He was still only 25 years old. He was a child, old. yeah. He started uh, every game for his first few years, except for last year he missed nine games. Right. So there is some inju- uh, injury questions there with him, so I could see how he might feel a little banged up. 25 years old, though. But it's just like, I mean, that's the reason Patrick Willis retired, right? I mean, he's just banged up. He's tired of feeling hurt all the time. He wants to actually have a life yes. after football. you got to totally respect I that, do. right? And I like that he said that he wanted to he wanted to wow people when he played football. He didn't want to just yeah. be good. He could have been good for a very long time. Yeah. He wanted to wow people. He'd be like, man, look at that I guy get play. It. That's why that's, Barry, that's Barry Sanders, cool. right? Same sort of thing. He right. walked away. He's like, no, I'm at the top of my game right now. Let's just call it. Let's call it. Everybody will remember this guy. It's just like with Emmett Smith. Like, do you really want to remember those Cardinals days? Like, right. oh, that's painful. Or Jerry man. on the Seahawks. Oh, I didn't even want to say his it. Hairline or Joe re- on the Chiefs. His like, hairline oh. receding. Uh, Behind his ears, yeah, yeah, that's it's not a good look. So it's brutal. We'll probably to you, Patrick. It was fun watching you. Yeah, we lasted. I still have my Patrick jersey, Patrick Willis jersey. I'm glad that I don't have to watch him in another jersey too. That's one of the great things about him walking away. Chris Borland walked away as well after an amazing rookie season. So that that was a, a huge surprise. That was probably the biggest surprise for me. Uh, that was nuts. Yeah, that right? was out of no. I thought it was a joke. He didn't even make any money. I mean, obviously he made some money more than we make. Right. But I mean, not the, like Anthony. Even Anthony Davis yeah. made a nice little bit of cash. Willis made a ton oh, of money. Absolutely. Justin and, Smith had an amazing career. Made a ton of money as well. But with Borland, again, you got to respect that. If a guy wants to live his life and be happy and and not be sore every day and have these injuries that just will linger for the rest of his life. And with him, it sounded like the the major brain injuries was the thing he was worried about. And that's got to be a huge scare. It was one of the reasons I stopped playing football in high school is uh, there was a moment where I bent backwards and couldn't move for for about a minute. Wow. It was terrifying, yeah. Yeah, That's scary. It it was towards the end of my my season, and I was just like, you know what? I'm not playing ever again. (laughs) Did you hold a press conference? I retired. Yeah, I, I called it the undecision. <laughs> All right, everybody, meet at the quad. Six, seven people 3:30. came. I got, yeah. a, I got an announcement to they make. They threw tomatoes. It was great. So those are the guys that retired. Uh, free agency, even more guys lost. Uh, a, a couple of huge ones here. Obviously, Frank Gore. They just kind of let him go. They're like, ah, it's been good. You're the all-time rushing leader. We'll see you. Thanks thanks for everything, 21. It's been good. Uh, Iapati, I think, is a, is a really big loss there as well. It is. Do you, do you think they would have kept... Yupati, if they had known so. that Davis don't was going to bolt. Don't you I, think that that would have been a, a signing that they would have spent I, a little bit of money on? I absolutely think yeah, that. That's brutal. That was Davis kind of screwed up with the late retirement. Too. And Borland, yeah, too, a little bit. I mean, a little bit, but, but he at Davis least did it. was like, <sighs> yeah, that way late. It was just late so the late. They had already hit, done the free agency thing. And with Justin Smith, like, that was late, too, but you kind of knew that one was coming. They were, yeah, that yeah, was They were prepared lingering. for that signing docket and everything. Right. You kind of could read that one coming. I think they had an idea that he was not coming back with the first round pick and docket signing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, Dan Scuda, Chris Culliver, Parrish Cox, Michael Crabtree all lost to free agency. They released Stevie Johnson. Jonathan Martin was waived. Ray McDonald was w- released. I mean, these these are a lot of starters. And it wasn't just people retiring on them no. and bailing. They let a lot of guys go. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to retire? Cool. We're going to let all these guys go, too. We're just going to start over. It's cool, right? And the big question now is, because this was a team with a lot of depth. Yeah. Um, and not so much anymore, no. and now we have to see that depth step up. 
I feel kind of like the Marlins, if that makes sense. Like, they went out, what they year? won a championship. Yeah, the, the two times that they won and then sold everything. It's like the right. Niners did really well, got their new stadium. They're like, all right, peace, we're starting over. We're, oh, with the stadium and the Super Bowl coming this year, right? the timing. God, what a, Can you believe York thinks they actually have a possibility to, to, to quote-unquote, host a Super Bowl, to be in the Super Bowl? I, I, I wouldn't oh. be that surprised if he really believes it. It's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, he lives on another planet, he, right? He, he can't think he has a better chance right now. I, better than he chance, would, than no, he but maybe just a twelve chance. months ago. Maybe just a still ch- a chance. You know, Everyone has a, a chance. chance. A, a chance isn't completely insane. Oh, but I don't know. You need new coaching staff all around, basically. I mean, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. You got a new head coach. It's, That's right. Did you see oh. the article today? By the way, uh, let's get into the Talk coaching staff it. a little let's bit. It. It's all, it was on uh, Sports Illustrated. Mm-hmm. And it was it was an in depth article about Jim Tom Sula. A lot of stuff that we already know in the local, you know, in the local market, just because we follow the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was uh, Monday morning quarterback Emily Kaplan wrote the article. There's a lot of good quotes in there, a lot of cool stuff. But Jed York said something really weird. He's uh, apparently Jed York thinks that uh, he got rid of football's version of Mark Jackson and hired Steve Kerr. That's basically what. Yeah, I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was a it was a culture thing, and uh, that he basically referenced the 49ers as if they're the Golden State Warriors right now. I just, I don't even think there are words to fully diss what he just said because that's nonsense. It's it's kind of that's, insane. That he's getting a, a, he's Steve getting Kerr black won and NBA championships. Like, come on, what what is Jim Tom Sula won? Really, yeah. some arena go. football games, right? Here's the quote right here. Quote. Culture is huge. That's the difference between a championship-caliber team and a championship team. Oh, my God. You look at the Golden State Warriors. They were the dumbest team in the NBA for letting Mark Jackson go, who won the most games in franchise history, which is inaccurate, by the way. Right. (laughs) How could you be so dumb? They bring in Steve Kerr, who's been around the game for a long period of time but has never coached before. Kerr changes the culture, comes in with a different perspective. And look what happens, end quote. I mean, you got to like a guy that's going to support his dumb moves. His decisions, yeah. (laughs) Uh, I mean, but wasn't he the one saying they wanted to win with class and everything, right? And then they bring in a guy like Jerome Simpson? You know, (laughs) Jed York has said a lot of things, now you come to think of it. We might need to hit the mute button on that one uh, just to save the fans from kind of their heads exploding a little bit. Yeah, let's move on to new guys. I don't even want to talk about York right now. It's just going to piss me off. There's a few good things in this article about Jim Tom Sula. It was more more for the national audience, I think, to get to know Tom Sula a little Mm -hmm. bit. And it talked about... his the, the period where he, where he was living out of his car, basically, and coaching at his old Who alma hasn't mater. Done that? And his quote about that was, "Ah, the homeless period." <laughs> <laughs> Everyone makes it out to be a bad thing, but it really wasn't. You how can the, you, you not love a guy area, too, like us? You're going to do it occasionally. And how can you not love a guy that earned his own way? He wasn't like yeah. the son of a coach and got gifted a job out of college in the NFL because his dad was a coach and already in the league. Right. I really respect that, and. I, Whatever he hasn't been great with the media so far, but I could not give a flop about I, that. Yeah, I'm not here to, to bash Tom Sula at all. Not I'm, at all. I mean, you know, I, we'll give the guy his due. He's a player's coach. The players hey, seem to love him. How do we argue that? Yeah, and if you're looking for a guy that's going to be good in that locker room, he's going to. You got to think at, if if there's one thing he does well, it would be that. He's got his some guys big shoes to feel, though, right? I mean, Harbaugh, if you believe what, is, what the Harbaugh stuff, and this was going on way kind of yeah. a long time, like around the Super Bowl, that his stuff was wearing thin, sure. his act. So if sure. that's the case, Tom Sula maybe is the perfect guy for that locker room. And uh, Justin Smith was quoted saying, as an X's and O's coach, there's nobody better. So that's from Justin Smith. So 
Wow. Yeah. Hey, it's, hard, it's hard to go against anything so Justin I'll Smith said. to that. Yeah, so we got the new coaching staff, obviously. Right, uh, right. You know, you got Mangini, defensive coordinator. Um, Manginius. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a great nickname. <laughs> but let's see if it actually translates to anything, especially with all the losses. You know, they've, they brought in a couple of new, na- new faces, uh, Darnell Dockett. Is a new guy that they brought in. He played eleven seasons in Arizona. I always know? really enjoyed watching Dockett when he played sure. against the 49ers. Some of the most brutal matchups with uh, the the Cardinals and the 49ers the last few seasons when they were buttonheads. Yeah, it's just I I fear that Alden Smith is going to lose lose a lot of uh, of well just rushing ability without Justin Smith next to him. I mean, is there anywhere Darnell Dockett could maybe take a little bit of that load off? I mean, yeah, well, I, I think if you're talking pure talent, if if Dockett plays on the left side, I think he's an upgrade from Ray McDonald. No doubt about that. Yeah. That. So now you're talking about first round pick Eric Armstead mixing with Tank Carradine on the right side, which is a big drop off yeah. unless Armstead becomes you know, I mean, it's going to be a big drop off from Justin Regardless. Smith. Nobody's going to fill those shoes. Sure, sure, sure. But you don't have to have the best Five technique defensive end on the planet to have a good defense. Yeah. And Alden Smith does a lot of stuff on his own as well. Yeah, I so, like that. A, more a leadership thing when you used to start talking about all that combined with Willis and Smith. I mean, that's... And Borland. I mean, Borland proved to be quite the, the captain out there on the field when he was making, you know, leading the team in tackles almost every week. But here's what I will say about Borland, mm-hmm. and it's not, um, it's not a knock on him, and it's not a knock on Willis or Bowman or any of the guys who played middle linebacker, but when Will Hoyt has been in there, he's looked pretty good as a starter, sure. and a lot of that is because of up front. And they're still, I think, going to be okay up front. They're not; they might not be as good as when they had Justin Smith in his prime, right. but they're not going to be a weak front seven football team. And we're talking about the second middle linebacker on a football team. Like, how much difference does that second linebacker, who's, and that's, I mean, that's if Navarro's back in hundred percent, which and is, you know, that fingers crossed, that's right? I mean, big, there's, that's a pretty big deal. There's yeah. no guarantee that that's going to happen. Uh, which yeah, I would have liked to have seen them maybe draft a middle linebacker. You know, maybe, maybe. that was surprising. But <laughs> I've, the last few years they I haven't been drafting corners, but they've yeah. been drafting a bunch of safeties. They have not been drafting wide receivers, but they've been drafting running backs. So. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned cornerbacks. They bring in Sharice Wright. You know, he's played four seasons with the Chargers. Uh, he's never played a full season, and, and it, which is a little concerning because neither now there's Tremaine Brock who's supposed to start opposite him. So. I just feel like they're very thin at that cornerback position, and you know they're. I think they're deep at safety. They go out and draft more safeties, and I, I don't know. I, I, I it seemed like a desperate move when they went and, and signed right. Like it was like, oh god, we got to do something. They we just we need a body. Yeah, we need to fill this. We we lost Culver. We need to do something. Right. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm really concerned about this defense. Yeah, Tremaine Brock is the key there. Uh, he's got to come back and he's got to fill the shoes there. You, you hope know, that, that he does and make make that loss of Culliver. Yeah, I mean really Tremaine missed 13 games. You know the last the la- basically last year. So that's that's really tough for him. Um, I do like a lot of the offensive moves that that the 49ers have made. I like the Tory Smith Torrey move. Smith. Just God, they've needed that that deep threat just to stretch things out a yeah, little bit. Yeah, I mean, they Brandon don't have Lloyd to hit, was not the answer. And and they don't have to hit a bunch of deep passes for Yeah, a you deep just need threat. that threat. Right. Exactly. Randy Moss was not the answer. I mean, yeah, he no. ran down the field, yeah. but at the same time, if you can't get past the guy, you're, it's not actually a threat. He also alligator armed a ball in the oh, Super Bowl, man. which would have Oh, that yeah. was one of the worst things I've ever seen, just him being like, Again, yeah, I'm you know what? I'm not going to go over the middle. I don't care if it's I'm still not ready to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. Let's move on from that. <laughs> Smith's never missed a game in his career. you got to love that, right? Four seasons with the Ravens. He's that deep threat. He averages 53 catches a year, uh, around 900 yards a year, around seven to eight touchdowns. He's a guy that averages just under 17 yards a catch. Yards per catch. That's yeah, I mean, key. that's yep. top 10 every year. 
that that he that he's played. It's it's great. Absolutely. He, his numbers were a bit down last year. Only forty nine catches, seven hundred sixty seven yards, but he got eleven touchdowns. I mean, this is a guy that I think is going to really help out Colin Kaepernick and that offense, especially if you got Bolden running across the middle. I really like that. I think we may see a bit of a resurgence from Vernon Davis. Hopefully I hope so he's too. healthy. And he's too talented not to be utilized <sighs> at least somewhat. Man, Vernon he Davis. Almost, we talk about he was a lot almost of, non-existent. That's last what I was just going to say. We talk yeah. about all these guys that missed a lot of the season because of injury. It could be like a, a he could be a free agent. <laughs> he signing. missed the season <laughs> on the field. Yeah, that he, was one of the most inexplainable things about the 2014 49ers. Yeah, twenty six catches, two hundred and forty five yards, and two touchdowns last year. This is after averaging averaging. 60 receptions, 813 yards, and just under nine touchdowns from 2009 to 2013. Like that's He missed one game combined in those years. He missed two games last year and put up those ridiculous numbers. Was he ever really healthy last year? That's really got to be a question, right? He's 31 years old. He's breaking down. That's that's worrisome yeah. to me. His, does he have one foot out the door? Is he worried yeah. about his Jamba Juice franchises and not so much about <laughs> um, winning football games? I mean, we'll see. Yeah. It's a big year for, for him and the tight end posi- position in general with the 49ers. And we talk about new guys. I mean, you could even say Kendall Hunter is a new guy this year. You know, he tore his ACL in training camp last year. He, he's been given a clean bill of health. So so that's, that's basically like getting a whole new running back, right? And talking about Gore and... Dibs earlier talked a lot about Frank Gore and and how big of a a loss that was. Huge, and it, it's such a big loss. More more so, I think the person that you're losing, yeah. you know, pass protection for sure. But you're talking about gaining yards on the ground, a human being carrying a ball and gaining yards. That we've got that covered. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in that backfield. You know, I mean, I. I'd like to ride the hide train, you know, like, uh, but I got to see something. I got to see Hunter. I got to see what Bush has. He's he's a, another guy that can he stay healthy? Can Kendall Hunter stay healthy? There's a lot of question marks coming out of that backfield as well. Plus Jared Hain. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's, let's just for a I, second talk about Hain. I'm not holding out any hope there. You I'm can't. Not sure. You can't. Even in the in the the very few short little clips I think I saw where he was you know training camp yeah. or not training camp but mini camp with no pads some on. drills and working out and he was running all upright and weird it's like that's not a running back no it's not even really he a might fullback. be a great he, athlete he doesn't get low enough he, do, he just didn't look like a football player yeah I, I mean we're obviously going to see some of him in in uh, some exhibition games so right. you know the guy runs a four five and he's huge yeah so he's I mean big and strong he's an athlete um, we'll see if yeah. they can find a place for him and we've kind of seen that with Lawrence Okoye just being big and strong isn't quite enough yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Jerome Simpson, I mentioned uh, him being brought in as a uh, as a win with class guy, right? Yeah, let's right. not <laughs> remember. He's the guy who got weed in the mail. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And I when I saw the, I was just, I don't think he really is going ma- to no, win a roster. He's not even going to make it. No, because he's not going to play even special play last teams. Year. And he didn't play last year. I mean, yeah, that's just a bo- that's a camp body. And maybe yeah. if someone goes down, then. He has an opportunity to get in there. Yeah, sure. So another thing I really want to get into today is some. Uh, we mentioned talking about position battles. Uh, I think right tackle is probably one of the biggest position battles. We talked, of course, about how Anthony Davis was gone. Um, so, so there's, there's just it's kind of up in the air right now. Alex Boone has been mentioned as, as moving out there from left guard, where he's you know he might fill in for Ipati there at left guard or right tackle. I mean, he hasn't participated in the mini camps or the OTAs, so it's it's a huge question mark as to where they're going to plug Boone in there. But during mini camps, Eric Pierce was running with the first teams. He's a guy out of Buffalo. Uh, spent five seasons there. He played in over a hundred games. He's a really big guy, six eight. 316 pounds. He's just 
you know, he's he's not really young. He's he's been around. He's thirty three years old. He's kind of the plug guy. You know, right. like oh, you said, like he's a body, a move, right? I mean, sure. maybe Boone can can get out there. And, and he was this. the plan for him was to be a swing tackle either way, probably yeah. as a backup, as so an emergency. Yeah. Like, oh, you need to spell somebody. They didn't they sign him because they were going to plug him into the starting right, right. tackle role. Um, I still think it's going to end up being Alex Boone. I think it just has to shake out that way. I mean, there's a couple young guys that could possibly fill it as well. Trent Brown, seventh round pick out of Florida, he was running with the second team during mini camps, and uh, according to, to Matthew Barrows, um, he said that during OTAs he was beat during pass rush drills only one time. Do you know by who? It's a pretty easy guess. Alden Smith. Yeah. Okay. The only time he was beat by it was by Alden Smith. And that, that's not too bad, you know? That is not bad. No, I mean, this is very, a massive man with with antennas for arms. Yeah, I mean, six foot eight. His his weight has been reported really high at like 387. It's also been reported down in the 350s, which is, I think, where, where the 49ers want him to be a little mm-hmm. bit more nimble, especially if he's going to play right, right tackle. That's what you worry about is being able to move and, and pass protect. Exactly. Even with the long arms, you still got to be able to move your feet a little bit. You, you have to. And there's also Brandon Thomas, too, who a lot of people may forget about. He was he was drafted last year. He, he tore his ACL in a pre-draft workout with the Saints. Still drafted in the third round by the the Niners it was the one last of the, pick of the third round please pick 100 yeah it yeah. was it was one of those uh yeah this is a, a, pro, a work in progress like let's let's see if we can get this guy like you said red shirt for Koye mm-hmm. Sa- same kind of thing for Brandon Thomas last year reportedly looked really good in OTAs Tom Sula very impressed with his work ethic he's another really big guy he started a ton of games in college first team all ACC as a junior second team as a senior it's a guy who who's basically done it at the college level, and you just hope that, that he's fully healed. And it's similar to Carradine where there was chatter about him being maybe a first-round pick and yeah. injuries is why he fell in the draft. Um, missed a full season, so we'll see where he's at. They they thought he'd probably plug in at, at left guard anyway. Sure. So I would assume that that's the position he battles for. And he might camp. still if, if Boone maybe moves out mm-hmm. to right tackle. Which is why I think in the end Boone ends up moving outside yeah. because you got to – you got to get the bookends set first. No doubt. you got to protect Colin Kaepernick first because you can get somebody inside that can do a little run blocking. There's still get a little Evan, chip help from Evan the center. Is still out yeah. there as a free agent. There you um, go. That's not a bad name. There's rumors that the 49ers are, are sniffing around there. So I, I think Boone ends up at, at the right tackle because then you've got Martin, you've got Thomas, mm-hmm. um, potentially somebody else that they bring in. Then you can have Piers be your 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 backup tackle on either side. I have no around. problem with that. Him him as a plug guy, you know, maybe he he spells somebody who's really tired. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, I'd hate to have him as the starting right tackle. I, I agree. So we, we mentioned some of the losses. So uh, we put together a list. We're going to start doing this every week where we do a top five of something or other where you can let us know what you think about it. Uh, I'll give you mine. You give me yours. Uh, we right. actually asked Dibs the question earlier too, so we can wait. We can kind of put his in there as well, and then we'll make put, we'll make this an overall top five. It's a it's a big board. Yeah, a big board. This I, is the I war like room, it. and we've, we're going to put together a big board. I love it. And today's topic is the biggest loss in the off season. Yeah, and we you know I, I'm gonna. Do you want me to start? I would like to hear yours. Okay, first. so yeah. we'll go well, number five. Yeah, number five, right? Yeah, five five to one, of course. I think it's Iapati. Like you said, I, I think that they would have signed him if they'd known that Anthony Davis was going to retire. This is a guy. Who, you know, he missed four games in 2013 and only one last year, but he started all 16 over his first three years. He was a guy that he made three Pro Bowls. He just, he's him and Staley on that left side, it was money. You know, you mentioned it with Gore, like you never had to worry about 21. You never had to worry about Iopati and Thomas either. I think that, that him as that number five, he's, he's a big loss. He's going to be missed. He is a very big loss. I, I don't think he ever quite matched the hype of, of his his draft status. Sure. I think people wanted him to be just the 
the mauling left guard in the in the National Football like the guy. Right. And, and it kind of looked like he was kind of be that guy, but and he was very good, but he didn't go to that level. Never took it to great. Right. He I'm never took you. it to great. And um, I think for the money that you're going to pay a guard. I think at the time that's a smart move to just kind of let him walk. At and you time, had some bodies, right. but now when you look back and Davis leaves, that yeah. changes things a little bit. Of course, we so That's okay. your number five. Let's number go, five. You want to go to my five? Uh, or do you want to do your whole list first? Why don't you? Yeah, you could do yours, and then I can talk about well, where let, I. Plug let's it. hear your whole list. Okay, Justin Smith, number four. Okay, uh, Dibs mentioned it. You know, he's a kind of silent leader. He led by example. One of those guys. Seven season with the Niners. He. He drew so many double teams, too, that it would just free. And it, I say drew double teams, but, you know, he did a lot of bear hugs, he, too, so, yeah, he, on two guys. He made sure he had two yeah. men in his pocket. And Alden Smith doesn't get all those sacks by himself. That's for damn Not sure. He does a lot on his own. Justin play. Smith, in seven seasons, missed two games. That's unreal. This yeah. is a defensive And we know lineman. he wasn't. 100%. He no, was playing through not. pain. But you still uh, want him out there. You want a 75% oh, Justin Smith. You'll take him over he just earned the title else. of Cowboy. Five straight Pro Bowls for that guy. He will be sorely missed. Number three, Frank Gore. Ten seasons. Franchise rushing leader. Over 11,000 yards. Missed just 12 games in 10 years. Played all 16 last year. This is a great This is a great one I got off Wikipedia. You ready for this? Yeah. Gore is one of only three players to have eight consecutive seasons with 200 or more carries, while also maintaining an average of four yards per carry or better. The other two, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders. Come on. Give me that one more time. Give me that stat one more time. He is one of three players. I mentioned the other two, Jim Brown and Barry Sanders, to have eight straight seasons of at least 200 carries where you're averaging at least four yards per carry. Wow. That's solid. You give him the ball, you know you're going to get four yards. And the way his career went with the early injuries and the college injuries and to come out of that and be a workhorse that – that you can count on to not get injured and yeah. play a Every full season. Year. It was it's kind of miraculous. The guy, his only season under a thousand yards, other than his rookie season, was 2010 when he missed five games. He still had 853 yards. That's eight years of at least a thousand yards you got from this guy. You just you knew what you were getting with Frank Gore. Again, that that that's going to be missed. You got a bunch of question marks back there. A lot of people love Hyde. I really like Hyde. I can't I can't fall in love with somebody that I've only seen a little bit. You know, I need to have a third date. I need to have a fourth date. I've seen a little bit. You know, we we right. we definitely we hooked up on match a little. You've bit. had the movie, but you right. need to like maybe go out and see a band. Or I want to meet his friends. Like, you know, yeah. I want to wait. That got weird. Yeah, the, let's number let's two, Patrick right Willis, eight seasons, and just his leadership alone. I mean, this is a seven-time Pro Bowler, nine hundred and fifty career tackles, sixteen forced fumbles, twenty and a half sacks, eight interceptions, five-time first-team All-Pro. Routinely listed in the top 100 players in the NFL. I own his jersey. I don't just buy people's <laughs> jerseys. Okay, my theory—I I don't own a lot of jerseys. My theory on jerseys, though, you have to buy a jersey from someone who's retired and their legacy is set. Like I said, I'm super stoked yeah. that he never went and wore another jersey because now I never have to worry about that. Number one for me is not even a player; it's a coach. It's Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. Four seasons, 44 wins. 19 losses. That is an average of 11 wins a season. Five playoff wins. Three straight NFC Championship games. Coach of the year back in his rookie season. And let's talk about that rookie season some. Because, okay, 2010, the year before he shows up, 6-10. and 10. 2009, 8-8. Eight eight. Let's just keep going. 7-9, and 5-11, 7-9. Four and twelve, two and fourteen, mm-hmm. seven and nine. You understand this as a 49er fan. Oh. Our gold faithful listeners understand this. Absolutely. It was hard 
to be a 49er fan for a long time. Yeah. Well, Those he, Tim Rattay years were rough, they man. They were rough. And being so good for so long, you have a target on your back. Right. Even as a fan. Oh, goodness. Oh. Prior to, to Harbaugh taking over, 2002 was their last winning season. That he, He's gone now. Yep. It's a new era. You, you lose that. Uh, I'm, I'm scared. You, you I'm scared. don't even have to make scared. an argument there. I'm, I'm fully on board with what you're saying right, right now. Let's hear it. That was um, my top five. My, my top five is a little bit different, and you can decide which guys you, you think you want to put on the big board okay. for my list if we really agree. Number five, I've got Frank Gore. Okay. And it was between Gore, Yapati, and Davis here. Yeah. I almost put Davis instead of Yapati. The thing is we saw – Davis missed nine games last year, mm-hmm. so we've seen what it's like without him, and it's not the end of the world, right? right. Um, Although it wasn't great, it wasn't great. No, but it was a rough we were still, half. you know, we were still four and a half yards per carry. Sure, um, Colin Kaepernick wasn't, you know, just lying on his back all day. So okay. you, you can get by with that. Um, but Frank Gore, obviously, the leadership, and just he's Frank Gore. He's awesome. We, okay. We've we've already talked about All right. that. Uh, number four is Justin Smith. Okay, we so he'll stay at four. Since okay, we both had him at we four. agreed upon with him. The reason he's not higher, like I said to Dibs, he'd probably be one, number one on my list at his prime. Justin, yeah, Smith. like twenty nine yeah, right. year old Justin Smith. Just his the end of his career was imminent, right? Yeah, he's playing on one arm already. Sure, sure. Uh, sure. But man, he made everything go. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the front seven reacts to uh, to missing him. I'm terrified. Uh, number three, Patrick Willis. Okay, um, like Smith and Davis battled some injuries, but he had a lot more tread on the tires than Justin Smith did. And that's, yeah, like we talked about, he could have been just very good, maybe not great, even with some injuries. He was already the fastest linebacker in football when he came out you in the draft. You could plug him right? in there, so he would get He loses tackles. a step, and he's still the yeah. man. Taking on blocks, sure. helping everybody else out. Uh, smart, the leader. Like Dib said, he had the sticker on his helmet. Yeah. Deservedly uh, show. Right. Number two, Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah. Um, the only thing I question on Jim Harbaugh, why he's not number one, uh, was there a backlash? Was there something? There was a lot of smoke yeah. about his locker room kind of being like, his thing wore out, you know? And every, it was kind of his way or the highway, some of the stuff I was reading. You know, he just wouldn't get rid of Roman. You know, he wouldn't get rid of his coaching staff. Right. And yeah. So his shtick did just maybe it ran thin. And maybe maybe the know, 49ers man. were, and Ooh. they were 8 and 8 under him last year. Yeah. You know, maybe they were going in that direction. Maybe yeah, they'd but, be 6 and 10 with him this year if he stayed. I think that 8 and 8 had a lot to do with all the talk. You know, you mentioned it in the Super Bowl. There's already talk about it. I think that that ownership and, and even management just <clears> really. We're, we're laying the foundation, if mm-hmm. you will, to just be able to let him go and, and, and not right. have the backlash. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it pissed me Maybe off. Maybe saw the opportunity there. Okay, yeah, yeah. and so for a lot of the same reasons that you said Jim Harbaugh was your number one, uh-huh. my number one biggest loss might be a little bit of a shocker. He did not show up on your list. Vic Fangio. Oh, yeah. that's good. Um, that's over good. Harbaugh just because – so Harbaugh's the, mm-hmm. the O guy, right? He's yeah. the offensive guy. Yeah. And that's where we were, that's where we were playing the worst football. Right. I mean, the D was legit. I like it. The moment Vic Fangio stepped in to that office, um, it was really what carried the team. And largely the same cast of players that was there in 2010 before they showed up. Right. And that group became one of the best defensive units in the NFL. Everybody talked about how well-prepared the team was under him. And we talked about was talking about that. the cheat sheets that he'd have for game day, and he's yeah. like... Coach Vic said this was going to happen, and this is what happened during talk, the game. We talked a lot about the plug and play too. Like you just, you know, like Borland stepping up, boom. Yeah. I said, where'd, Bar- where'd Bowman right. come from? You know, You're like thinking, oh man, are they thin at corner? And all yeah. of a sudden, huh. who's this guy? Where I like it. From? I like that call a lot. Uh, so number one for me, Vic Fangio. Okay. All right. So I think we're putting together a big board. I 
I, I understand Fangio did not make your list. And but maybe, I, I, maybe I talked you into a little something, but I think I'm okay with putting Harbaugh number Harbaugh one. Harbaugh number one, yeah. yeah. Because obviously Harbaugh brought in Fangio, right? Yeah. I think and we he was both, part of that deal. I think that Patrick Willis, I had him two, you had him three. I think that maybe we put Willis at two. Okay, I'm, I'm for sure okay with that. You talked me into to Fangio. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool Does putting Fangio at three. Okay, number three really on the am. big You're board. right. I yeah. mean, he ran that defense. That's always been the heart and soul in the, the four years under Harbaugh as well. It, it's been Fangio's defense. I like it. I like that a lot. I, I'm easily persuaded by by good, <laughs> good you know arguments, and you had one. Here's the reason why you should give me one hundred dollars. Okay, <laughs> let's go. So so four. I had Gore three. You had him five. We both had Justin Smith more four. I mean, four. do we? Ooh, do that's we put, close. Do four we put and five. S- I mean, that's obviously got to be the next two guys. I, um, here's the th- here, here's my argument for Smith over Gore uh-huh. is because I still think we're gonna. Rush for four yards per carry. You think so? With uh, even with have, a banged up, here's here's the thing. Work line. Here's the thing: the drop off from Smith to Armstead and Carradine, or the drop off from Gore to Hyde, Reggie Bush, Kendall Hunter, Mike Davis. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's just a shorter cliff. It's just a and question it, you know, mark. and to be honest, yeah. it may be no cliff. Sure, it's very because possible. Frank Gore is not a young pup, and I think oh, Carlos Hyde's really good. I'm in. Too. I'm so, in. We'll put Smith. It's not four, so much that put it, Gore five. It's not so much the Gore wasn't a big loss. It was that. There's more behind him, so yeah. it, it doesn't hurt as much. All right. I'm in. So we'll go uh, five Gore, four Smith, three Fangio, two Willis, one Harbaugh. You like it? I like that. That's if you don't like board. it, let us know. Let us know. Yeah. At BD Peacock, at That's Bay right. Area Wink, tweet us. Let us know what's going on. Let Hashtag us know. Hashtag Gold Faithful. Maybe we left somebody off. Dibs mentioned Andy Lee earlier. That is Andy a big Lee. loss. Yes. Yeah. I don't think it makes the top five, but it is a <laughs> loss. He just missed my top five. Yeah, he was not. He would have made my top ten. Hey, but if you go to Madden... There's one guy at the top of the, the yeah. list for Niners. Every time you're you right. look at the Madden, you're like, hey, what are the, the rankings on Madden? Usually it's Joe Staley, I think, at the top. Oh, is he and then the Andy Lee. Okay. <laughs> I but know there still. Was, yeah, there was some Willis up there for a while, oh, but Andy yeah. Lee was always at the top. Oh, I always yeah. hated that, too. I was like, let's get somebody better than the punter. Yeah. I don't want this punter. And you know what I always hated oh. is the fa- the two fastest players on the 49ers were a tight end and a linebacker. Yeah. It's he- like, can we not get a wide receiver that... That is fast. In a well, yeah, especially when you're fast. setting up that kick return or punt <laughs> return. You'd want your fastest guys. And yeah. now you're like, I'm not putting Vernon Davis as my punt returner. It's not going to happen. That's right. Good stuff. Let's Absolutely. Call it. Let's get out of here. We'll be back next week on Gold Faithful. I hope you all enjoyed the show and will tune in. If you want to give us any feedback, Nick Winkler at Bay Area Wink. I am Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. Hit us up. We love hearing from you. Let's hear about I want to hear your top five I'd biggest love it. losses love it. of the offseason. All right, we'll talk to you next time. See you.